Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we're just going to kind of be breaking down. It's been a little while since we've uh, uh, been on a pod due to extenuating circumstances. But Noble's you know, an ev- idiot with technology. That's everyone, the circumstances. The Noble doesn't know how to use Zoom. <laughs> it, is a, it is a complicated, complicated profession. That is more to the story. But anyway, uh, we've got – so Auburn obviously dropped the game in Happy Valley to Penn State. Uh, Auburn had a nail-biter against Georgia State last Saturday, and Auburn has a tough matchup against LSU coming up. Uh, we're probably not going to talk a ton about the about the Penn State game. If you're listening to this podcast, you most likely follow the Instagram or you're very you know, in tune with Auburn sports, and we don't really need to break down that game. We've done that a lot. But, Wheeler, I just did, did want to ask you, what were some things that Auburn did against Penn State well – that we did not do well against Georgia State? And what is something that we did bad against Penn State that you wanted to see us improve upon against Georgia State and we didn't? Because a lot of things against Georgia State, we just didn't do very well, period. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. Okay, so starting off with what we did well against Penn State and kind of regressed in, first thing was blocking. Okay, Uh, Penn State – Obviously, we weren't a dominant offensive front, but they were good enough to win the game. Georgia State, I mean, we got manhandled. Part of that is the fact that Georgia State sold out to eight, sometimes nine guys in the box. No deep safety, just saying, go ahead and throw it. Um, Obviously, we'll get into the benching of Bo Nix and kind of all of that situation. Um. But, yeah, uh, if they're going to beat LSU, they're going to have to block a little bit more like they did against Penn State than what they did against uh, Georgia State. Uh, Things that I thought they did poorly against Penn State that were still poor uh, would obviously be the receiver play. Um, They're not open a lot of the times. When they are open, uh, they drop it a lot of the times. There there have not been a lot of times where the receivers have made a – play that helped the quarterback um in fact all of the plays that they made that helped the quarterback in the georgia state game helped tj finley uh we were talking about it before we came on air kind of about elijah cannon had a nice uh, little tiptoe pass um if he doesn't catch that and he pulls another one of his you know i'm gonna let this rock through my hands uh that's gonna be a pick perhaps a pick six and that's a big fat l to georgia state um Xavion Capers uh, gets drilled in the hands first quarter pass from Bo Nix. Drop. Drop touchdown. Uh, Elijah Canyon earlier. 
not a great throw from Bo. In fact, a pretty bad throw. Uh, he kind of scrambled. Uh, he didn't set his feet. He threw off of his back foot. It looked like vintage Bo and not in a good way. Uh, that's kind of what I, I thought Bo had done a good job this year leading up to that game of not doing the when I scramble, toss it off my back foot 10 yards over the receiver. Either way, Elijah was able to get two hands on the ball and it still slipped right through. That's a tough catch. Uh, I mean, good receivers might have dropped that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, the receivers, the receivers just, they're just miserably bad. I mean, miserably bad. It's like watching homeschool football out there, except for in homeschool football, sometimes the guys catch it. You know, I, I mean, these receivers are horrible. They, I don't know how they're D1 athletes. I really don't like, they don't get that open. Like, so they're not just like especially skilled at getting open and then they can't catch. I'm like, do we have DBs that can catch better than this? Heck, Smoke Monday doesn't like to get in position as a DB. He likes to try and make a pick every game. He gets one about three times a year and thinks that he's the hottest thing because he gets a pick six, mostly because he doesn't do his assignment, which gets you wrecked against Penn State will get you wrecked against LSU if you don't do it. If you don't cover the tight end, you're going to get wrecked. But he gets his pick six. They play no smoke, no smoke. Dylan Cardwell strips. The crowd goes crazy. And that's what smoke lives for. He doesn't care about the honest work of covering a tight end so that you don't get gashed for a 70-yard touchdown. Anyway, people that have listened to the podcast know I'm the biggest homer. I'm the guy that, you know, is leaving the Penn State game on the Instagram live talking about how we can still make the playoff. Guys, I got bad news. Auburn football sucks. We are abysmal. We are a terrible football team with little to no hope of improvement. The reason we have little to no hope of improvement is it's just Brian Harson said it the best. And I'm it was a refreshing honesty. They asked him, what do you think of the effort from the team today? And he goes, well, the effort was good, but we're just not very good at football. And I was like, that's so true. It made me laugh. I was like, yeah, that that is exactly like the guys on the team right now are just not good. Like, they're just not good at football. It's not the coach's fault, okay? It's the recruiting fault. Like, we have bad athletes on the team right now. The only offensive lineman that's been worth it anything has been Nick Brahms, Okay. Nick Brahms has had a solid season. Is he going to go to the NFL? Eh, probably not. But, it, I mean, would other SEC teams take him as their center? Absolutely. Solid guy. Makes good calls from what I can see. Doesn't get blown up. Okay. Our tackles? It's pitiful. It's actually pitiful how bad they play. Like, it is highly concerning thinking that you're going to take this team to other SEC teams. Like, do you know what these good do you know what Georgia's gonna do to us? The, I think the only way we score against Georgia is if they throw a pick six to smoke. I mean, like, noble. You the, the offensive line is one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. And it's not a lack of effort. That's the thing everybody wants to say. How do you not get them hyped up for this game? Guys, they were trying. That's the problem. That's why we're all – that's why Harson looked like somebody just kicked his puppy because the team didn't go smoke weed the night before the game and think that they were just going to roll the helmets out there. They went there. They were ready. 
They went out and gave their best, and they got gashed by a crap team because they suck. Anyway, I'm still going to support them. I'm still going to go to all the home games. I'm still going to do the podcast. But I'm not, I'm not going to get crushed, all right? I mean, I'm just not. Like, we're just bad. And anything that they're able to get is just gravy on top. Don't blame Harson. It's not his fault. These guys are just – I mean, heck, people are all concerned about whether TJ or Bo is going to be the starting quarterback. What is it? They're the same guy. Literally, if you just – like, if you covered up the line of scrimmage on TV – and you just saw the end result of where the ball ends up downfield, where unless the receiver makes some ridiculous grab to keep it out of the DB's hands, it's the same pass. The difference and why I think Bo Nix is going to start, it's not because his dad played here. It's because he's faster than TJ. And this offensive line is going to get murdered. by LSU has a freshman defensive tackle who is an absolute dog, Okay. If you could leave for the NFL after one season, he would leave. He is a dog. Do you know what he is going to – he is going to do nasty things to our offensive line. He is going to hurt them so bad. And if TJ's back there, TJ's going to be saying, whoop de doo I'm looking downfield. Think about it. Think about this. Everybody says, TJ, he led that 98-yard drive. Oh, Bo wouldn't have done that. Bo wouldn't have done that. Guys, the touchdown pass he threw, he rolled into two defenders, okay? No, they, they couldn't believe he rolled into him. That's why they didn't tackle him. Because they suck even worse than we did. That's the only reason. If you are playing a good team, he gets – I think the only hope on that play against LSU is if they hit him in the head and got a targeting call because they were going to drive him so deep into the ground, he would not get up. That's his last time going to Longhorn and getting his chicken nuggets because he's just going to stay down in LSU. Literally, uh, oh, my gosh, we're going to get mauled. We are going to get mauled. Also, while I'm on my rant, what happened to Tank Bigsby? Is he hurt? Like, what What happened? Jark Wes, my guy, he's doing a lot. I don't know what's wrong with Tank. He is struggling, okay? Sean Shivers had a better game than Tank. I love Tank. And Sean, I mean, y'all know what we've said about Sean. We don't think he should necessarily get carries. No, but you're looking at me crazy. He Tank didn't do anything. He did the team is down and he did nothing. The only person that looked good on our football team on Saturday, actually there were two. Maybe three. The long snapper, the holder, and the kicker. Okay? Every well, and Zacoby. Everyone else, buddy, there were some plays that Chandler Wooten made a better block on Zacoby McClain than the offensive guard did because I don't know what he was doing. He's just watching the play unfold. He's trying to see, guys, that guy that ran, that little white running back that ran all over Auburn, he is a senior, okay? He's a senior. Do you know how many times he's had over 100 yards in his career in four years? One. He has only had one other 100-yard game. He's not good. Like, that's the thing. It's not like he's this baller that's been stuck down at Georgia State that, like, the NFL can't wait to pick up. He sucks, just like Auburn. 
Well, so that is Wheeler's rant on the situation. And surprisingly, uh, you know, Wheeler's, you know, as he said, much more of the Homer usually. I did not have the same mindset after that game. My thought process of that game was that that is by far the worst performance that this Auburn team can have. I don't think that I don't think Auburn could play worse than they did. And I mean that I, I just don't think they can play worse than they did against Georgia State. Um I just yeah, I, I just think that was the by far the worst performance. I think that if Auburn plays like they did against Penn State, I think that we will beat LSU. I I personally think that we can beat LSU if we can improve in some areas. Now, this team has not shown one bit that they can improve in any area, but we'll see. Uh, to talk about the running backs, I, I don't understand why Jarquez only carries the ball 10 times a game. I think that's I think that's absurd. Uh, Tank is definitely hurt. I think that, that is apparent by watching him. He, But the thing is, it's like – I don't understand when you have a guy Jarquez on his on this season he is averaging about six point five yards per carry. That is insane. That is ins- That is saying that if you give this guy the ball every time, you will not have a third down. That is, I mean, that is incredible. He's got. He's like I think he's third or fourth in the SEC in rushing yards as the third string running back. Like. There's no reason for this guy not to get the ball. And if Tank is struggling, if Tank is injured, give the ball to Jarquez. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And you look at, you know, I, I love I love the just the passion that Sean Shivers has, the leadership, love that. But on the play that he had, the jet sweep, he picked up like, like 27, 30 yards. And the safety comes down, hits him, you know, lower thigh, knocks him down. No doubt in my mind, Jarquez scores on that play. I don't think that a, a free safety from Georgia State coming downhill is going to be able to stop Jarquez going, you know, at full speed. I just don't think that can happen. I don't I, – I just do not understand why Jarquez is not being fed the ball because he doesn't fumble. Like, Tank fumbles more than he does, and Tank deserves a lot of carries because he's a really good running back. I just – I don't understand why Jarquez doesn't play. I think that Jarquez needs to get – if Tank is still hurt, Jarquez needs to have as many or more carries – than tank against LSU if we want to win that game. The offensive line, obviously, you harped on it. They have to have a good game. That that performance against Georgia State will not cut it against any SEC school. Uh, it's just I, – I just – I personally think that that game was just such a – just a horrendous performance that I just don't think that Auburn can play that bad. And I think that it is indicative on this coaching staff watching this this game against LSU, if we do not come out and play this game, that's indicative on the coaching staff, in my opinion. So I think that the perception of how this hire about Brian Harson is and how the outlook of this staff should be will have a lot to do against this LSU game. I'd also like to to mention, you know, you mentioned a little bit when, you know, about how Zacoby played when Zacoby came in. First of all, I think we've underestimated how valuable Owen Papo and Jacoby McLean are to this defense. Because in all honesty, this defense is extremely overrated. We we had expectations that these were going to be one of the best units in the SEC. They have not proved that at all. I believe that with Kevin Steele, this is one of the better defenses in the SEC. Derek Mason has been extremely disappointing. 
Like he said, he literally said in his post game interview that when they asked, uh, I think they actually they asked Smoke, and they were like, you know, how how useful was how nice was it have to have Zacoby back for the second half? And he it was they were like, how much of the performance changed? And he was like, oh well, the the scheme didn't really change. We didn't really make any adjustments, but Zacoby came in, it really helped. So you're telling me that our defensive coordinator was losing by 12 on homecoming to a horrible team that we were favored to win by 30, and he didn't change his scheme? He didn't make adjustments? We've got some scrub who is literally runs like a 5-2-40. If this guy ran a sub-5-40, we would have lost. Like, the guy would have found the end zone so many more times if he was not just slow as Christmas. The guy was just a horrible running back. And Derek Mason doesn't adjust the defense to not get gashed by this guy. Like, that just makes no sense to me. Like, it, and then you look at the guy, like Chandler Wooten is a team captain. He was lost all game on Saturday. Wesley Steiner, four-star. He is a talented linebacker. He is the fourth linebacker coming in. He was lost. Like, these guys didn't know what was going on. You've got the whole defense is looking at the sideline like as the ball is being snapped because they're waiting for the call to come in. It it blows my mind how Derek Mason was so successful as a defensive coordinator before he was a head coach at Vanderbilt to come to a team like Auburn, which has talented dudes on the defense. We have guys that are going to be in the NFL next year on this defense. And he just he hasn't been able to do anything. Like Jahan Dotson just fathered the entire unit. We've got this white dude from Georgia State. I don't even know his name. He embarrassed us he had 150 yards and a touchdown at halftime and he's like, not good yeah like he's never it, done that before i, he's I just a senior it made no sense to me how the defense has the guys that they have and they played so poorly in that first half i mean granted the second half they played really well but i'm thinking that's the kobe i think that's like good job on Zacoby for being a really good linebacker and being able to direct his team and be able to pitch a second half shutout against a terrible team. I just, I don't understand how the scheme just looks so bad and how our guys just do not know what's going on this late into the season. It just, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I'm back from my rant. Sorry. I had to go on the rant. I feel like I am where a lot of Auburn people are, except, all right, let's talk quarterback. You ready? Let's just, let's open it up. People obviously know what our feelings are. Preseason on who we thought should be the quarterback. Okay, so here is my realistic take. So first of all, I, I do not understand the, like, I feel like so many Auburn fans have started to take this personal as to whether they're like a TJ guy or a Bo guy, and they're not going to root for Auburn when their guy's not the quarterback. Okay, I want the best quarterback to play for Auburn because I want Auburn to win the game. So, that being said, do I think Bo Nick should have gotten benched on Saturday? Yes, I do, because he was throwing like 42% through three quarters. And, yes, he had a couple drops, but he didn't look like the Bo Nix for the first three games. Like, he looked like last year Bo Nix, where he reverted back to it, whatever. And if we want to be honest about why TJ came, I think that the realistic truth of why TJ came is Bo Nix seems to have a tendency. I don't know him personally. I'm not at practice. 
seems to have a tendency that when things go wrong, he kind of shuts down. Like he isn't listening to the coaches. He just like goes to this mode of like, I'm going to do Bo. And last year, the backup quarterback was Grant Loy. And it doesn't matter how bad Bo's attitude is. You're not going to put Grant Loy in for him. They brought in TJ Finley solely because if things broke down and Bo went to I'm doing Bo time, they could say, all right, you're going to go sit on the bench. Sure enough, things break down. He goes back to his bad habits. He's got a terrible completion percentage. The offense is doing nothing. He gets benched. Now, TJ Finley, third string quarterback at LSU. It's not like the uh, Joe Burrow situation where the two guys in front of him are off to the NFL, like when Joe was at Ohio State, okay? He's got Max Johnson, who's, I mean, an average to below average SEC quarterback, and uh, Miles Brennan was in front of him. He'd still be the third-string quarterback if he was at – well, he'd be the second string since Brennan went down. So he he's not very good, like – but I'm not saying that Bo Nix is good either because clearly he hadn't had a very good season. But T.J. Finley's not a good quarterback. And just because you do a drive against Georgia State, that doesn't mean you're good. He overthrew multiple players multiple times. Okay? The SEC gifted him a pass to John Samuel Schenker. He didn't catch that pass. He just didn't. Okay? Jarquez had like a 20-yard run to start the drive. Okay? The touchdown pass, we already mentioned. He rolled into the pressure. And then he throws it to Shedrick. And Shedrick finally decides to catch the ball. Like, for the first time in three weeks, he caught a pass. I don't know if he's caught a pass since Akron. I mean, I'm kidding. I know he has. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like he didn't come out and set the world on fire. So, that's why I think Bo Nix is going to be your starter. TJ cannot escape pressure. People that say he got a, whatever, a 15-yard scramble. It's Georgia State, okay? Like, Chris Todd made Ball State look like, you know, like he was Cam Newton. That's what should have been happening the entire game. Like, that's what happens in those kind of games. You look better than you are. So, I'm surprised Bo Nix hasn't been named the starter already. I think that might just be Horson doing a little bit of, you know, making LSU look back. But, I mean, it's not really going to make them prepare that much because – I mean, they know who TJ is more than any other team. They don't need to do that much prep work on TJ. Also, I think he's trying to see how Bo Nix responds, trying to keep Bo Nix in a coachable position because if he just names him the starter again, he may go back to that old Bo. So, I don't know what's happening with the team. Does it seem like there's some rift on the team to you? See, this, this was some, I, I was talking to someone about this today, and they, they mentioned the fact that you know Bo wasn't a captain, and it's very, yeah, it's, it is. It, it's very, it's very odd that a third-year starting quarterback is not a team captain. I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. That's a little weird. The team rallied around TJ a lot more than they do around Bo. I don't think that's really debatable. Um, and part of that, obviously, is you know. He just won the game. The student section got hyped up again. You know, like it, it makes sense. But if you really look at like, you look at games where Bo Nix has made a play to win the game, 
And the team doesn't really do that, you know? The team's like, they, they're they're happy, we won, they're like, oh, whoop de doo but they don't really like, oh, mob bo, and they're like, oh, good job, like they did with TJ. So I do think that TJ does have the support of the players a little bit, but I can I can confirm that the players want to win. Like, if Bo Nix is going to win the game, like they're like us. If Bo Nix is going to win the game, they're going to win the game. Like, just because you like TJ more, doesn't mean that you want him to start this, you know? Like, look, look, Tyler Fromm. Tyler Fromm and Grant Loy are, like, best friends. Like, but Tyler Fromm doesn't want Grant Loy starting because he knows. Like, Grant Loy's not as good as these guys. So, it's just kind of like, I think that just because they rally around this guy and they're happy to see the guy succeed, I don't think that necessarily means that they want him to start or if they just are happy that their friend is succeeding, you know? Yeah. Which, I'm with, I mean, it's, I'm with them. Like, I was really happy that Auburn won the game. I'm glad that TJ let us down the field to win the game. I'm just saying, just because he goes down there and he wins the game and it's the offensive MVP against Georgia State where we score one offensive touchdown doesn't mean that he's the guy that you take down into Death Valley to be your quarterback. I mean, literally one year ago, he came into Jordan here and threw four interceptions. Bo Nix had or three interceptions. He had, he had, well, he had two, I think it was two interceptions and then a fumble. Okay. He turned the ball over three or four times. Yes, yeah. he turned the ball over multiple times. Bo Nix throws for like, what, 450 yards and 350 yards and several touchdowns. Okay, so it's like, I have a tough time just like getting on the TJ wagon. Now, that being said, if TJ's a starter, I hope he goes out and kills it, and I hope we absolutely demolish LSU, and I hope I'm back on here next week saying, oh, we're going to take Georgia to the woodshed because I'm the emotion of this podcast. You're the, you know, the objective, normal person, and I'm the crazy fan. But I just don't see it. I don't see – look, let me, let me just tell you this, and I want you to talk me off the ledge as an objective person. But the crazy fan in me says, I don't see Auburn getting a pass rush on Max Johnson at all. Okay. Don't see it happening. Uh, if Owen plays, I don't see him being 100%, but I think a 70% Owen is still better than Chandler. I think Chandler's a good team leader. It's just like Sean Shivers. Just because you're a good team leader doesn't mean you're the best football player. Um it could have been the calls, and he just didn't know what to do. But he he had a tough game. Uh, same with Wesley Steiner. If Owen goes back down, we're in trouble. Okay, so that's the defense. Uh, I don't see Smoke all of a sudden deciding to run the defense and go to his position this week. Um, listen to multiple people that know football much better than I do talk about breaking down film and they all say we don't know what where smoke monday's going like he's not running the same defense that everybody else is running he's just out there trying to get picks and stop the run so i mean does he play does he get pinched that's the thing the reason jarquez is probably on the field at the beginning of that 98 yard drive is because tank fumbled the ball in the last thing and it looks like harson's almost to the point now that if you're not performing you're going to go sit on the bench that's what he said about Bo. He didn't say it's anything personal. He said, I tried all the receivers out, tried all the running backs out, nothing worked. So try a new quarterback out. 
he did say he couldn't change the offensive line out, basically saying they're bad enough with the starters. I can't imagine what would happen if I put in the second string. So, I don't know. I just – I don't know what Auburn's good at this year. I guess stopping the run. They're good at stopping the run on defense and kicking. And that's about it. Sometimes they can run the ball. So, my my perspective about this game. So, if you – I'm going to compare this to – the Penn State game because the team, you know, it the, the competition is similar. It's the two main actually good football teams that we have played. So you look at Penn State, they had much more of a pass and run potential. Like they can run the ball, they can pass the ball. LSU cannot run the ball. I, I think their running back has like 124 yards on the season. Like the, the dude that they don't run the ball. Max Johnson, he throws the ball all the time. Like he leads the NCAA in passing touchdowns. I think he has like 15 has about 1,200 yards. I mean, he they throw the ball. They sling it. Kayshawn Butte, I think that's how you pronounce his name, one of the best receivers in college football. He has very similar stats to Jahan Dotson through these uh, first few games of the season. We can't, like, if we don't key on this guy, it's going to be the same as Penn State where Jahan Dotson just fathers the entire defense. We can't do that. In my In my personal opinion, I don't think there is any reason for us to have Smoke Monday be in pass coverage at all. I think that if it is a if it is an obvious passing down, you either blitz him or you take him off the field. You do not let him try and cover somebody. Now, I I, I think he is one of the better run stopping safeties in college football. He's good at stopping the run. He hits hard. Uh, I don't know if he if he knows that he's you know, filling a hole to stop the run, or if he just wants to hit somebody, he can't, he cannot, he can't cover the pass, but he can stop the run. We blitzed him, I think, three times in the first half against Penn State, and he got a quarterback pressure. He was useful in that capacity. I think that needs to be how we use Smoke Monday. If we think that they are going to throw the ball, he needs to be blitzing. He does not need to be in coverage, whether it is man or zone, he doesn't know what's going on. Like, you know, I get he's a fan favorite. He has some pick sixes, but I just if we have if we try and depend on Smoke to help Roger stop Kayshawn, it's going to be Roger by himself. Like having Smoke as safety help is almost just wasting a player because he's not going to be where he needs to be. So I think that he either needs to be blitzing or doing whatever, or you can pull a linebacker in. You know, because I mean I think Smoke. You know, as much as we hate on him for pass, for pass coverage, I think he's probably a little bit better than a guy like Wesley Steiner in covering a running back. So have Smoke play as almost like an undersized linebacker in these situations because it's not like like the thing is he can play linebacker. He'd be a really small linebacker, but he can play linebacker. Like you don't want to play him that every time, but you can play him that in situational switch uh, in situation. So I I just think that we just need to change how he plays football for this Auburn defense if we want to win this game. I think that, you know, obviously Roger McCreary needs to have a big game. Nehemiah Pritchett needs to have a big game. We have got to blitz. If we do not blitz, we will not win this game. The defensive line is not going to be able to get pressure on LSU rushing four. We just can't do it. We're not the kind of team that can rush four and get pressure. We've got to blitz Owen. We've got to blitz the Kobe. We've got to blitz a guy like Smoke, Chandler, whoever. We've got to blitz somebody. Maybe, Yeah, like blitz somebody that can get back – 
bring Leota in. Leota's one of the best pure pass rushers we have. If it's third and long, bring him in. Like I, I just think that you've got to you've got to do something to get a pass rush. And yes, Leota didn't do a lot against Penn State. Bring five defensive linemen. You have got to do something to get a pass rush because Max Johnson is not necessarily an elite quarterback, but if he sits in the po- in a clean pocket, he's going to be like Sean Clifford and he is going to tear us up. So we have got to be able to get a pressure on the quarterback. Offensively, the off- I mean, if the offensive line can get a push, I think we can win. I think that if we can get a push and we can just run the ball a lot, I think that we can win this game. Whether it's Bo Nix or TJ Finley throwing, I think that if they can just not turn the ball over and throw for 150 yards with a focus on running the ball and we can capitalize in the red zone like we have not been able to do, like we can win this game. Like this is not like LSU is not that good. They were in a dogfight with a bad Mississippi State team. Mississippi State is not good. Like if Auburn plays like they did against Penn State, we're two touchdowns better than LSU. If Auburn plays like we did in at Georgia State in Death Valley at night, we will lose this game by a lot of points. It will be ugly. It is just, this game. We have got to play like we can play. If we play anywhere in the same stratosphere like we did against Georgia State, we will get run off the field and it will get ugly fast. I agree. I mean, yeah, it's like I said. If they play like they played, and that's just who they are, then it's going to be a long, long season because there isn't going to be any coming back. Because this is one of the easier games you got left. I mean, it's literally this game, Mississippi State and South Carolina are on a tier of easy. And then you have, what, Texas A&M on a middle tier, and then Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia, and, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia all on another tier of just. Yeah, I would say I would I I would say, and we'll see more about this next week. I would say Arkansas, Arkansas, and Ole Miss are kind of a tier two. I think it's Alabama and Georgia are tier one. Arkansas and Ole Miss are tier two. I think A and M's tier three, kind of by themselves, and then you've got LSU, South Carolina, and uh, Mississippi State. Yeah. So, so I definitely think if we cannot, if we lose this game. I don't know. If, I think we might we might beat Mississippi State. We might beat South Carolina. If we lose this game, I don't know if we – there is no guarantee that we win another game for the rest of the season if we do yeah. not beat LSU. Like, LSU is one of the worst teams we have left on the schedule. This is a must win. And the thing is, so much can so much can turn around, though. If we win – like, we're talking – yes, we're talking very pessimistically if we lose this game, it's, it's, all, it's all downhill, which it kind of is. But on the flip side, if we win, okay, you're 4-1 and one heading in – you know, heading into Georgia. That's probably a loss. But you look with Brian Harson, it's like, okay, he broke the streak against LSU, and it's, it's potential, you know? If he can get a win – an emotional win in a crazy environment, get the guys back kind of just excited about playing football, then you can beat, you know, I I personally, I've said this multiple times, I don't think we'll beat Alabama or Georgia. I didn't think that at any point in the offseason. Those, I think, are losses. But Ole Miss and Arkansas are beatable teams. Like, I, I truly believe that if we play our best game, we can beat both of those teams. Now I'm not this is not me saying that we will, but I do think that those are winnable games. Like if we play really well, 
nine and three is not outside the realm of possibility. Now, if we lose this game, I don't I don't even think a bowl is in the realm of possibility. Like we would have to increase our play a lot more because if we lose to LSU, we've got to beat you. We have to beat one of those teams that is much better than LSU. So I just think that this game is obviously, you know, we're only five games into the Harson area, but this is by far the biggest, most pivotal game. And this reminds me a lot of the 2016 Auburn LSU game when it was the whole Les Miles versus uh, Gus Malzahn thing. And it was essentially whoever loses this game is getting fired. If Edo loses this game, he's gone. Like, he's not – like he, he, they might let him stay to the end of the season, but Edo is not going to be coaching at LSU next season if he loses this game. And Brian Harson will still be coaching at Auburn, but the fan perception of him is going to be so low. It's just going to be such an uphill climb next season for him to even – somewhat get off the hot seat after one season of coaching. I agree. I think he's already there, but I do think a win this week would really change fan perception. You got – I don't think he was the home run hire that gets the benefit of the doubt, and then he lost at Penn State, and it felt like he lost last week. So it feels like he's on a two-game losing streak to Georgia State and Penn State. I know he won, but – it. It's not. It does not same. feel like a win. Yeah. It is not. It, it was a loss as far as Auburn people are concerned with where the program is, and I think that's the frustrating thing. Is sometimes they're able to pull yeah. it out. Sometimes you lose when you win. Sometimes there's a moral victory, and sometimes there's a moral defeat. Yes. Which I mean, hey, hats off to the team for getting the job done, winning against Georgia State. Hopefully, they're able to pull it off against LSU. Either way, basketball season's going to be sick. And that's what we're waiting for. Papa Bruce, save Auburn. We did not want to get excited about basketball season this early. But it is what it is. I'm very excited for the Auburn-LSU game. I'll be there. Uh, Not sure how posting's going to work in that stadium. But, you know, I'm going to have a good time. And that's what I encourage everybody to do. Like – you know, we're not going to make the playoffs. We might beat somebody. Just watch Auburn football and enjoy it at the end of the day. If Auburn wins, be happy we won. If we lost, obviously, you know, no one's going to be happy that we lost. But don't let it ruin your day. At the end of the day, it's mediocre football this season. So I just think that we just have to get to the point that just enjoy Auburn football for what it is. But I agree. We'll be on again next week to hopefully break down a win against LSU and be prepping for that Georgia game. So, uh, as always, if you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to DM the page, uh, whether it be the Auburn Today page or the Auburn Today podcast page, whatever. Uh, But, yeah, we're excited to talk to you all next week. War Eagle. War Eagle.